You're listening to the First Fight Podcast, home of the people and stories behind the fight. I'm Jennifer Anderson, the host and creator. My goal is to give you a peek into the remarkable world of fighting and create a platform for fighters to tell their stories. In each episode of this series, a different fighter shares a transformative story of their first time. Welcome back, everyone. On today's episode, we have a great conversation with Uriah Hall. Uriah gives us a little background into how bullying led him on the path to martial arts. We talk about the ups and downs of the fighter's life and how he stays motivated during the downs. We touch on the internet trolls and MMA and the importance of legacy to him and what he wants to be remembered by as a fighter. I really enjoyed this talk and I hope you enjoy it too. So thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Now, how did you first get into martial arts? You started pretty young, right? Yeah, I started when I was 16 years old. Um, man, I should write a book someday. Uh, I uh, I was bullied upon arrival from Jamaica. And, you know, uh, martial arts just gave me confidence. My mom put me in there and um, I stuck with it. And it got to a point where my sensei said, hey, you can take this far. Of course, I was scared and did tournaments. Uh, tournaments turned into uh, fights. And fights led to here where I am right now. But uh, the main thing was bullying that started it, that my mom put me in martial arts to defend myself. And um, now I get paid to hurt people for a living. So no complaint. Now, I'm sure... Since you've started so young, you've competed a lot. But why don't we talk about your first MMA fight? Uh, I, I was a kickboxer, and I think mixed martial arts was starting to bloom. And, you know, I was undefeated, and I was better at stand-up, but I won the challenge. So I actually retired from kickboxing. I was undefeated. I think I was 10 or 11 and 0. And uh, I went to MMA, and my first fight knocked out everybody I was like I was just knocking everybody out and I actually lost to Chris Weidman which was my fifth fight I think because mm-hmm. I was just a guy and I became a champion I was like man this is fun and uh Chris Weidman was the guy to beat me and stop me and hey I just beat him again so yeah now since you had all that experience in martial arts when you finally got to the cage was it an eye-opening experience or was it just another day uh, you mean when I just got into MMA? Yep. Like compared to uh, kickboxing and... It, it was just a transition. Like I said, MMA was starting to bloom and, you know, I didn't think too much of it. I knew grappling, I know wrestling, and I knew kickboxing, but I knew them separate. So I think MMA was just good to kind of put them together. Of course, I watched fights and Anderson Silva was one of the first fights I watched. So that was like, holy cow, who's this guy? And he became my idol at the time. But it was just a transition, you know, because my stand-up wasn't all that great. My hands weren't that good. I was a great kicker. But over the course of my um, career, it was just fine-tuning it and slowly putting it together. And even right now, I'm actually still putting it together. And if you ask any martial artist, you know, it's all about that consistency and that journey because that's going to give us growth to get better. Now, um, since you had so many fast knockouts in the beginning seem easy to you when did it kind of 
become a struggle for you like like most people i think well i mean i was just very articulate when it comes to knocking people out i was i was an artist when it comes to that like for me you know i would look at someone i would see their weakness or where i should pinpoint my accuracy and just you know destroy them and that was a karate background that helped me um i would say around the adam Sella fight that's when i was like holy cow i'm very dangerous and i think i was kind of coming into my my shell you know of course after that with media people the spotlight and everything it was just a weird environment but you know i don't like to hurt people but i'm good at it and i struggled with it for a while because at the end of the day i'm a human being and with the martial arts background it taught us to uh defend ourselves so i wasn't like aggressive i wasn't uh what do you call it? Um, I didn't have any killer instinct, but I just know when to kill you, you know, like, I don't like to go to war, but I'm the guy that goes out of war and just take you out smoothly. So with MMA transition and everyone's just so different and, you know, that barbaric theme, that blood and all that stuff, I'm like, what the hell? And it was just new to me because, again, my background was just articulate. And that's why I would apologize for knocking dudes out because the martial arts was uh, all about respect, you know, because two men are going out there to impose each other's will. So after the battle, it was more like, hey, man, good shit. And I guess me being me, the crowd didn't welcome that. So I struggled with that for a while. And as I got older, it was more like, you know what? Fuck everybody. It's all about me at the end of the day. And I have to do what's important for me. Mm-hmm. Well, you're a true martial artist. I think that's People who understand that know that it's not about all that other stuff. It's about it's not. the art. That's what I love about it. I don't love like the the violence necessarily, but I like the art of martial arts. Exactly. Now, actually, that fight that you're talking about, where you had that wild knockout, I that's probably when I first heard of you. I noticed. I, th- I think maybe a lot of people first noticed you. Was that Pretty a lot much. of for you in your career? absolutely it was just uh you know everyone was just coming at me and I remember Dana White saying hey man when you get out of this house you know it's gonna be a lot of people coming at you you gotta be prepared I'm like okay and I remember walking down the street one day and people were chasing me and I was like what the fudge so this was just new to me yeah and you know without that right guidance it's hard sometimes and even when you have that guidance what I've learned over the course of my career is that most of these people are um, constituents you know they're just there for your success they're there to milk you and, and feed off of you and you know things aren't going so well it's like all right they're out like even right now you know I'm on a win streak and I'm doing well I'm in a great environment I'm in a great gym I'm surrounded by some great peers and you know you you see the people are coming back around and stuff like that but of course I know my loyal fans I have people that have been with me since I got out of tough even before tough, I still see them. They still message me. I still message them back. And it's all about that. And it's stuff like that where um, you, you see people that are true colors. It's kind of like Tony Ferguson right now. You know, everyone's on Tony Ferguson's um, bandwagon. And uh, what's his face just defeated him. And he said something really cool in his uh, press conference. He's like, hey, man, you guys are booing me, but make sure you're on Tony Ferguson's side still. You know, don't be booing me and then later on booing Tony Ferguson as well you know because the fans man I hate to say it but they're the worst (laughs) 
especially MMA fans, you know, <laughs> they're the worst. I've talked about this before. They're like the most, they're the least educated fans compared least. to all the sports because every fan thinks that they can fight. Not every person yeah. thinks they can play football, you know. Yeah. I, Not even that. They just think they're, they know more. Like, hey, man, you should train more. Hey, man, you should work the jet. Like, thanks, coach. Like, where were you when I was training? I would have. That's crazy, always says, like, why don't you come show me how to do it right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Just come show me, please. And social media just give these guys such an easy platform to say whatever they want. And me being from the East Coast, you know, I'm sure Corey can attest, like, hey, man, you talk shit, you better back it up. And, you know, I'm ready to knock you out. And I can't tell how many times my friends have to save me from losing my career because I was ready to kill people outside of this octagon because they don't understand they think because they can say stuff to me that i'm not going to retaliate so but you know i've, I've gotten better with that and uh, i've realized that uh that's their job it's kind of like you actually get up to have a nine to five this is actually their nine to five you know they wake up they stretch they get their morning coffee and they're like hey man who am i going to attack today they have their list you know like, oh, i attacked lebron james yesterday let me go you know they have people that they actually just no, go down the list and I hate even like giving it attention. Corey and I talk about this. It just blew my mind. It's not like how nasty people can be, but how many people can be that nasty? Like, right. It's knocked out. People find me and are like messaging me things. I'm like, do you have anything better? You? <laughs> there's like people behind this. Actually, this is why I do this is to show that there's actually people with stories behind the fighters. They just, think they can say mean things about someone that just got knocked out that's pretty devastating you know or injured or and they would never even come close to you know being Ever. half the man a lot of you guys are <laughs> in there, you know? my thing is let's have some repercussion kind of like how these police officers there's no repercussion i guarantee you if there's some repercussion they won't be doing shit like this you know that is one of them uh, so um, uh, bullying is another and uh, what's the other one uh, I forgot but if there's repercussion man a lot of these kids a lot of these people won't be doing stuff like that because they will know the consequences but we live in such an amazing crazy society where this government system is so messed up that it's doing exactly what it was designed to do and for a lot of people who aren't woke to the situation you know they'll fall victim and yeah. I, for one, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm seeing things. I'm like, oh, my God, like, no one else sees this. So it's so important to educate yourself and just surround yourself with those people in the same mindset. Because, unfortunately, a big part of the population of the world is dumbing down. <laughs> and it's like, if you're not careful, you'll go with them. That, that's the, the issue is that this, the generation coming up now. Oh, my God. Than us is... Um, I think because of social media, they can say whatever they want and not have to fear, like, getting punched in the face for it. Like, exactly. Again, there's no repercussion. Growing up, really. I didn't. No. No. They don't have consequences. So they're going to grow up and be adults in the world that think there's no consequences for that, which is, you know, just breeds more of that negativity. But with all the ups and downs in your career because I'm sure you've had a lot you've been around for a while have you ever lost the passion for it I can't tell you how many times I've lost a lot of elite athletes 
have been in my position where they doubt themselves second guess or you know what it's time to quit this or done and I can sit here and say the genius thing I've done is I didn't quit I've thought about it so many times you know you work so close to it and you know it gets taken away from you whether it's the judges making a call where you're like what and they don't see that you work your ass off for three months two months putting all that blood into it tears and they just don't understand the educational part of the sport where they were like uh let me give this guy this and you're like well dude what fight were you watching or you going out there putting a lot on the line and you come up short it sucks man and on, on top of that too you have the people on social media they're the one that's bring you down even more and i had to learn that someone's opinion of you does not have to become your reality and you know it's so easy to listen to people i've 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 wanted to quit so many times. The thing is, I really don't even know how to do it, you know? And I have my karate background to thank for that because one of the things that were instilled upon me was that discipline factor to start something and finish it. You know, if I start something, I gotta finish it. It doesn't matter how many times I lost. In my mind, I'm like, I just need to beat you once just to let you know you're not that great, you know? So the ups and downs, looking back at it now, is more of a journey. And I think for a lot of young athletes, they don't realize that it's a journey. And you have to enjoy that journey. And sometimes those downtimes is to kind of remind you, hey, how bad do you want this? Or, hey, this is not working. Let's go this route. And you get to build or gain something that you need. Mm -hmm. So once I start looking at it from a learning perspective, I start to grow. And it starts to manifest. And I'm attracting the right people around me. And I'm even attracting the wrong people. But I'm I'm more, um, you know, uh, conscious of that now. So... I feel like I'm exactly where I need to be. Forget which Diaz said it, but you said you got to love it so much that you hate it. Oh, God, I hate it. I feel it's like training. martial art, at least for me, it was like, or any passion, you really have to like love it so much that you hate it and you're still willing to do it. Like that's true love, I think. Oh my God. It's a love hate. But again, it goes back to growth. And, you know, I'm, I'm 36. So, you know, I'm at the point in my career where it's like, all right, let's put the foot on the gas, you know, because I don't have too much of a longevity. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'm going after the strap. You know, there's a lot of up and comers looking at me like, man, I'm going to get that. You're right. Same way I was looking at Anderson Silva. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm scared of these guys, but I'm very competitive. And I feel like I'm aging backwards with the training I'm doing. You know, I'm working with some of the best people out here. My strength and conditioning program is on another level, man. I feel so strong. I've been educated to a degree where I'm cutting weight. I don't even feel it. I'm eating the day before I start to cut weight, which okay. I've never done in my life. So I'm learning so much. I feel stronger physically, uh, emotionally, and spiritually. And again, just like MMA, you just got to put all those things together because at the end of the day, your mind is what 80% of what you're going to use out there. The other is just the physical capabilities of you um, going out there and outputting your attributes. I think especially in MMA, because I think people's careers are so short usually. They don't fight a lot compared to like Muay Thai and boxing. But mm -hmm. I feel like they think about it so black and white that you lose, you're done. You know, that. Oh, but look at Jan... And Charles Oliveira, they're both like, if they just gave up, if you know? they losses in a row, you know, like they didn't have the traditional trajectory that people kind of like to push in MMA. So yeah. just 
have that mindset. It's more of a marathon than a sprint, which started to look at. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that before from my manager to be like, hey, man. Because I was like, hey, man, let's get this, let's get this, let's get some annual incomes. And he'd be like, it's not a marathon. It's a, No, he's not a sprint, it's a marathon. I'm like, what? People are running past me, you know. But the business end of things for this sport, it, it's so much politics, man. Um, even look at Corey, man. Corey, like how long Corey deserved a title shot? They were just, you know, waving him to the side. Everybody saw that shit. They did it to Khabib, and Khabib finally became champ. So Yeah, yeah. What's that? That new light heavyweight, Yuri Prohaska, he had one fight in the UFC. He just beat Dominic Reyes in their yeah. title shots. I'm like, <laughs> you know. Politics. You know how they pick and choose. They pick and choose. Yeah. They know who they want to be champ. <laughs> we all know, like, the way it goes and that it isn't just who's the best, but because it is payment. But as an athlete, in a martial artist, it's hard to like switch that mentality when you put your all into it and then to see things not be fair or the best person not getting their dues. It's just, it's hard to stay mentally like in the game and motivated, right? Very, very hard. And that's why it's so important to be around the right people. Yeah. yeah. Fortunate for me, you know, I, I'm around the right folks. Good for you. That's, it's key in this business, that's for sure. Well, I have one more question for you. First of all, yeah. is your legacy important to you? And if it is, how would you want people to remember you as a fighter? Man, I feel like as I got older, I, I was focused more on the legacy, you know, because I fell victim to a lot of things that happened in the sport where they were like giving me fights I didn't want to take. And I was like, all right, whatever, because they force you most of the time. But, uh, one of the main things that I'm good at is perseverance. You know, I keep going no matter what. You know, you'll knock me down. I'll, I'll get back up because I do not know how to quit. So if there's anything anyone that I want to remember by, remembered by is my never quitting attitude because I don't know how to quit. And it doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. I'm going to make it. You know, that's how I look at it. You know, you, you put those towers in front of me. I'm going to climb. It might take me a while, but I'll climb. Whether it's for me or whether it's to inspire another generation or someone else or to spark the mind of someone that's going to potentially change this world, you know, I have a job to do and that's to make it and I'm not going to quit until I do that. Well, that's amazing. You have a really interesting story and career and I'm excited for you to have a <laughs> title. You have a fight booked already too, so. Yeah, August uh, 7th, I'm fighting Actually, a buddy of mine. <laughs> that should be fun. Great. <laughs> um, should be fun. Well, so, um, I wish you luck, and I appreciate you taking the time. Of course. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll be watching. Thank you. Thanks again, Uriah, for taking the time. I enjoyed our talk. And you can watch Uriah fight at UFC 265 on August 7th against Sean Strickland. So we can be looking forward to that. Thanks again, everyone, for taking a listen. And you can follow us on Instagram at The First Fight. And check out our website and look at an archive of all our old episodes at firstfightpodcast.com. 